Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Those states that have early in person voting, early in person voting. Have you voted yet? Have you brought any friends and neighbors, family members to vote yet? See what's happened in Iowa? They're shutting down a whole bunch of precincts right through the election because, quote unquote, the spread of the coronavirus. All this Red Army, all these conservatives and Republicans and Trump supporters who are going to vote, all of a sudden, their options are limited. Imagine that. Imagine that. Meanwhile, in other states, they're extending the time to make sure that the Democrats can get in their mail-in ballots. It's an amazing thing. When you file a tax return, you don't automatically get extended deadlines. You have to pay a penalty for it, don't you, Mr. Producer? Uh, April 15th, oh, well, you know, do I have an extra two weeks? Sure, take an extra two weeks. What's the problem? No, you don't. You get slapped unless you file for an extension, and even then you pay a bigger fee. And the Internal Revenue Code is a hell of a lot more complicated than, let me see, uh, Trump uh, or Biden? Seriously, how stupid are the liberals? How stupid are Biden's supporters? I mean, they want more taxes, a more complicated internal revenue code. And then when it comes to a ballot, coloring in little circles, and we can't seem to get this in on time. We're not not sure what to do here. So they're treated like they're four years old by the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, by the bureaucrats of North Carolina, by the five rubes on the U.S. Supreme Court. It's not hard to fill out a ballot, get it in on time with a real postmark, And if you can't do things on time, there are consequences for it. 
But all you folks who get your taxes in late now, you're going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need an extra two weeks. I need another nine days. If the IRS auditors come at you because the postal date is wrong, wait a minute. What's the problem here? I got it in eventually. The way these damn courts and these damn Democrats treat our electoral process is a disgrace. You've got now five justices, Kavanaugh on a technicality, which is ridiculous, who have now made almost certain, almost, I said, but almost certain, a delay in having a winner on Tuesday night. Maybe not, but they've made it more likely. Why? Because they're not doing their damn jobs. The three dissenters led by Alito and joined by Gorsuch and Thomas have all said, wait a minute, we should resolve this on emergency appeals right now. Otherwise, there's going to be a bunch of ballots, two weeks in Pennsylvania, nine days in North Carolina, God knows whatever else is going on around the country. And so we'll actually be in the position, the court, of having to say, oh, you have a couple of 10,000, 100,000 ballots. Those don't count. It's much more difficult to do something like that. And now you have an effort. Threats. We have threats now being made against a Supreme Court justice, Amy Coney Barrett. Threats being made that if she dares to sit in on a decision involving a state and counting ballots, she will be impeached. The level of tyranny and totalitarianism coming from the left, coming from the Democrats, is unmatched in American history. Unmatched. They think they own this damn government. We own it. Really quite shocking. Let me underscore the point. You know, I basically have nine hours. Three this evening, three tomorrow evening, three on Monday, to say my piece. And people are getting frenetic and desperate and panicky, sending me emails. Hey, 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 what? Look, James Rosen found somebody at the Department of Justice. Listen. We have an election going on. Go ahead and report it. Others can talk about it. It's not going to change one damn vote. Do you want to win this election or not? And by the way, the issue isn't to keep coming up with dirt on Hunter Biden. They keep coming up with dirt on Hunter Biden that ties him to Joe Biden. Rudy Giuliani had the best line the other day. He makes it abundantly clear. Hunter Biden was the bag man for Joe Biden. Now everybody can understand what's going on. Hunter Biden was the bag man for Joe Biden. Nice and clear. Plain English. Man, I got an email here and a text. Plain English. Now, here's what's at stake. The Democrat Party, if they win this election, they're not just going to pack the Supreme Court. Something they've been talking about long before Amy Coney Barrett was even nominated. They've been talking about it 18 months ago. They're using this as an excuse. They're not just going to pack the Senate with four more Democrats, making it virtually impossible for the Republicans ever to win the Senate again. 
They're not just going to try and eliminate the Electoral College, which means every red state will be disenfranchised. Every red red state. They don't just want to get rid of the filibuster rule, which has been in place really since the beginning of Congress, damn near. So they can ram through whatever they want. They're not only attacking the First Amendment, and they have over the years, to limit free speech. Fifty-four of them signed on to a constitutional amendment, you might recall, to limit advocacy, advocacy during a political election. They not only seek to eliminate aspects of the free press, they'll come after conservative talk radio, they'll come after Fox. And of course, they're always attacking the free exercise of religion, religious liberty, as they want to force certain institutions to pay for abortions and that sort of thing. They're not only going to attack the Second Amendment. You'll remember Kamala Harris talked about a number of executive orders that would basically destroy the Second Amendment, as well as the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Ninth and the Tenth Amendments. It is their purpose to take over the government. That's why they want to do all these things. I've been thinking a lot about this. It's not enough to talk in the abstract. Oh, they want to pack the court. They want to pack the... Why do they want to do all these things? Well, they want to advance an ultra-left-wing agenda, and they will. And it'll destroy virtually every corner of this economy, this culture, and this society. But why do they want to do that? Because the Democrat Party wants to control the government. The Democrat Party as an institution wants to control the government. I explained this a couple of weeks ago. It's not just a debate anymore about policy on the fringes. and so The Democrat Party wants to take over the federal government. And that's exactly what they plan to do. They will take over the federal government. They will take over the judiciary. They will take over the Congress. The Senate has been their problem, not so much the House. They will use the legislative process and the courts to control the country. Who can stop them at that point? Then they will focus on the Electoral College. They will find a way around the amendment process to eviscerate it. So that only the big cities and the heavily populated states and their votes will determine the outcome of national elections. Which means every single one of you who do not live in a blue city or a blue state will be disenfranchised. Disenfranchised. That's exactly what's going on. This is why they hate Donald Trump. I'm convinced this was their plan all along after two terms of Obama. And they would have tried it had Hillary Clinton become president. And so they were shocked that Donald Trump becomes president. And they wanted to lay the groundwork for 2020 by taking him out. Because he's too strong, he's too charismatic, he's too patriotic. He's too much a fighter. He doesn't bend his knee. He doesn't bow. But he wouldn't leave. 
despite the phony criminal investigation, despite the phony impeachment, despite the spying and the leaking and the attacks on this man, he wouldn't leave. They need him out. They need to get him out of the way. They failed the first time, and they don't plan to fail again. The Democrat Party seeks to... I want to repeat this, so all the hosts tomorrow can regurgitate it. The Democrat Party seeks to take over the federal government. All the elected branches and the appointed branch. Then there's nothing, nothing that can stop them. The Constitution has been used to destroy the Constitution. That's their plan. And it's up to us to stop them. It's up to you to stop them. Not just for you to vote, but as I've said for now two months, you need to get five or ten other people to vote too. People I don't know, people nobody else in this audience knows, but you know. You know, my wife and I have talked to a few of our friends, and we've encouraged them to do it, and they kind of blow us off. They won't say, yes, I'll do that. I'll talk to my mother, I'll talk to my father, I'll do it. They don't say that. And I'm thinking to myself, what are they going to do, leave it to somebody else? It can't be left to somebody else. We have to do this. Now, some of you out there who are Democrats, maybe you're union members or sort of more moderate or you just vote Democrat because your family voted Democrat, you really need to think this through. This party has been effectively hijacked by the more radical progressives, the Marxists within the party have hijacked the party. And when you look at the 110-page manifesto that they've put together... You are targeted, Democrats and Republicans alike, union and non-union alike, white collar and no collar, middle class, lower middle class, upper class, extraordinary wealthy, extraordinarily poor. You are all targeted. You all become the playthings of this centralized, iron-fisted police state. And I say police state. Because if you look at some of these dark blue states and what these governors have done and are doing... When you look at Newsom in California, who's telling you how many people can gather for Thanksgiving. When you look at what's taking place with Cuomo in Brooklyn, New York, with the Jews, where they're going into their homes and counting how many Jews are in there. When you see what Cuomo did to the senior citizens in nursing homes and assisted living homes. When you see what Murphy has done in New Jersey, destroying gyms and salons and so forth. When you see what's been taking place in Illinois and Michigan and these other states, Pennsylvania. Imagine if they control the whole country. And they're righteous about it. They're righteous. That is, they're following the science. Just ask Fauci. Well, tyranny and totalitarianism are not following the science. There is no such science. And I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of listening to a man who's been in the federal government for half a century. Who's been so wrong about so much for so long. 
Fauci. I'll be right back. Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. I want to talk to you all about the coronavirus. I want to give you some facts that are out there for anybody who wants to read them, except the media, of course. There's a wonderful site I keep talking about, issuesinsights.com. And they've gone through the science, the actual data. And I want you to hear this. Daily new confirmed COVID-19 cases per million people. This is as of today. The United States is lower, much lower than Switzerland, France, United Kingdom, Italy, and all of Europe combined. You didn't hear that today, did you? Well, I'm not surprised. The share of daily COVID-19 tests that are positive, which doesn't even mean you necessarily have it. Where's the United States? Switzerland is the highest. France, Italy. And the United States is, let's see, uh, tied with the UK pretty much. Let's look at the fatality rate. United States fatality rate is very low. Italy, United Kingdom, France, and all of Europe is much higher. The United States is lower than all of them. Where's all the outrage about Europe's failure to contain the disease? Or the credit to the United States for having a better handle on it than Europe? Where are all the stories recognizing this disease travels and how it travels? Better to ignore how the United States is doing compared to other countries. The United States, compared to other countries, is actually doing enormously well. And the mortality rate is way, way down. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association 
dating way back to 1844. Commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, Levin for Hillsdale.com. When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, the uh, Media Matters, which is a Soros and company front group, and uh, some of the... Uh, more pathetic pages, not many. When I said yesterday that if the rioters are back and the looters and arsonists who are threatening us uh, are back on or after Election Day, really an insurrection, that the president should use the Insurrection Act to put it down. This upset them enormously. In the case of the Sun in Britain, they twisted what I said, but it doesn't really matter. Because Media Matters and their funders want riots. They want violence. They want full Democrat Party control. That's why they're there. So, in the past, the Insurrection Act has been used by multiple presidents. And they would use it now. Now, I don't know if this president will use it or not. Should he be reelected or even not reelected? But these riots have to end. The hoodlums have to be put in prison. And this is exactly what the Insurrection Act is all about. That's why it's called the Insurrection Act. We can't leave our cities and our states to temporary politicians who are also put in these positions by Soros. I want you to think about this. Soros puts these prosecutors in, as do other billionaires. They put these mayors in. They support them. Then they back organizations radical, in some cases violent organizations, that do what they're doing. Then they help fund outlets like Media Matters, or at least they did. So look at that triangle of Marxism right there. The triangle of hate Americanism right there. From Media Matters to the streets, to the prosecutors. Of course there should be a RICO investigation to determine what's going on here. Of Antifa, of Black Lives Matter, and anybody who's funding these organizations. Of course there should be. We're not required to sit on our hands and keep our mouths shut while, shut while these things are going on. And I certainly as won't, won't, that's for sure. I have a question about Joe Biden, since the media, the Praetorian Guard, Democrat Party media, Never question Joe Biden. Pick up your New York Times. Of course, you don't have one. Well, look at it at the grocery store. Look at the Washington Post. How many stories are there questioning Joe Biden, focused on Joe Biden? Joe Biden, almost none. So I have a question for you. Those of you who are listening and still thinking about voting for Joe Biden, and there are those in the audience, after 47 years... What does Joe Biden have to show for his career? That's almost half a century. There must be something. 
In 47 years, what exactly did Joe Biden fix? In 47 years, exactly what did Joe Biden ever lead on? In 47 years, what has Joe Biden said that has been memorable? I'm not talking about his gaffes. That has been memorable or perhaps even profound. 47 years. In 47 years, exactly what has Joe Biden accomplished? These should be simple questions for people who are considering voting for him because he's telling everything he's going to do in the next four years. I am asking you specific questions. What do you have to show for it? What has he fixed? What has he ever led on? What has he said that's been profound or memorable? What has he actually accomplished? The answer, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? He's been a hanger-on for 47 years. He got elected from a tiny state that's a Democrat state. His first election was a surprise election. He won by the skin of his teeth. Every election thereafter has been a landslide. Delaware is a Democrat state. That's what it is. Like it or not. A tiny state. I have nothing against it. It is what it is. Nobody's still sure why Obama chose him as his running mate, really. They say to shore up his foreign policy credentials. And yet, when it comes to foreign policy, Joe Biden has been, from beginning to end, a complete nut job, a complete failure. So nobody can answer this because there are no answers. Because Joe Biden hadn't done a damn thing in 47 years, ladies and gentlemen. I can point out all the racist things he said. You won't read those in the New York Times and the Washington Post. You won't hear about it on CNN and MSNBC. You won't hear about it on CBS, ABC, and NBC. One racist comment after another. Oh, what was then? This is now. Oh, I see. Unbelievable what this guy gets away with. And Rudy's right. The issue isn't, you know, Hunter Biden this, Hunter Biden this. The point is, Hunter Biden is the, pre- is the uh, vice president's son. Hunter Biden was the bag man for Joe Biden. It's that simple. That's the problem. And Joe Biden pretends he doesn't know anything. Throws his own son under the bus. I don't know anything. I love my son. Leave my son alone. His campaign hasn't denied a single thing. That's because he's corrupt, ladies and gentlemen. You would damn well know if your son or daughter was doing the things Hunter Biden was doing. You would damn well know. And if, and if all these emails were coming out and all these other things, and your son or your daughter was clean, you would say, those emails are fraudulent. That hard drive is fraudulent. My son or daughter was never in that computer fix-it shop. Those aren't his photos. Those aren't his emails. They don't say that because it's true. Now, I'm not going to get into every particular. You know why? Because I have eight and a half hours to try and affect a positive outcome in this election. So the bottom line is, not every email and every text, the bottom line is Joe Biden is a liar. He's lying about what his son has done because he's benefited from it. 
And we're not going to be able to get to the bottom of it before the election. Because the media have no interest in this. None. So you need to know, if you're thinking about voting for Biden, that the man and the family are corrupt. Why? Because they haven't denied it. They point to Russia. There is no Russia here. It's all Biden. It's a Biden disinformation campaign. So he's corrupt. Up to his eyeballs. 47 years as a hanger-on. He might as well have been working for the Department of Agriculture, the post office, and I'm not putting them down. I'm only saying he's not presidential material. Nobody knows what the hell he's ever done. Nobody knows what the hell he's ever fixed. I watch his commercials. 98% of them trashing the president of the United States. Almost none of them. He tells us what he's going to do in the coronavirus. Exactly the same thing the president has done. Except he wouldn't have been able to do it. Because Joe Biden already had a test run with the swine flu in 2009 and he failed. Now, the Democrat Party is utterly corrupt. It is radicalized. It's now borrowing from Marxism and fascism. And it has as its purpose one party control. Look, the test case was California. California, the biggest state, the biggest, most populous state in the nation. Entrepreneurship, up the wazoo, an exciting place. People who wanted to succeed would go to California. The home of Ronald Reagan, the home of Duke Mage, and the home of Pete Wilson. So many magnificent companies started in California. So many great ideas coming out of California. And in 10 years, they destroyed it. It's a non-competitive state. Politically, it is a non-competitive state. That took five years. Because they grabbed the reins of power. They packed the commissions. They changed the voting system. They packed the courts. And they did it. They did it to what was, and look, I'm not a Californian, but I consider it the greatest state in the country. They took the most vibrant, the wealthiest, the most diverse state in the country, and they destroyed it. And now one party rule, Democrat party rule, you can't have a Republican win there statewide for 100 years. Ronald Reagan couldn't win in California. And many people forget that George H.W. Bush, when he ran for president the first time, won California. And many people forget fools like Frank Luntz and the others. They forget that in the 1980s, the writing and the thinking and the arguments back then was the Republicans are going to control the presidency as far as the eye can see. And the Democrats said, we've got to change that. So they switched on immigration. Open borders, support illegal immigration. And the unions went with them. The unions went with them. And they decided, we've got to take over the Secretary of State offices in every state. And they began to do that. They began to change the voting system nationwide and in the states to make it much, much easier for people to vote. Well, that's good. No, that means we can't be as sure that the people who are voting are supposed to be voting. 
Then they used your tax dollars to create and buy constituent groups. They've done everything they can with the power of the purse, one-party rule, and the power of the courts to change the country. And we're on the precipice. This is the election. You're staring into the abyss. It's right now. It's right here. And the question is whether we can marshal enough of us, whether there's enough of us left, enough of us who are patriotic and have the desire to save this country, to outvote the other side. It's come down to this. There's no avoiding it. It's on your shoulders. There's no avoiding it. It's our generation's turn. We had a generation that fought the Revolutionary War. We had a generation that fought the Civil War. A generation that fought World War I. A generation that fought World War II. We have a generation that fought the Korean War, the Vietnam War, Iraq, Afghanistan. Our generation needs to step up here. And we need to do what's right. And the truth is, the vast majority of people between the ages of 35 and 60 in this country have not served in the military, have not served in law enforcement. The vast majority, including me. It's time to step up. Don't expect other people to do this for you. The president is is breaking out in every respect. He's carrying such a heavy load. We've got to give him cover. We've got to take care of business. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires educated people and people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses and through its support of classical K-12 charter schools. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. The learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God as described in the Declaration of Independence. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, and it will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. You know, I see this Fauci on TV who's really turned enormously political. And he says, you know, we may not be through this till 2022. Meanwhile, the president's been pushing hard for a vaccine, which would mean we would get through it faster. But he's saying things that are very, very misleading. He says, you know, we need to do the basic things like socially distance and wear masks. According to the National Geographic, which is also studying this, 
In a report they put out on October 5th, 92% of Americans have been wearing face masks. 74% say they always do. In other words, under every circumstance. So let's say they're walking in a field by themselves. They'll wear a mask whenever they go out. 92% of Americans, according to National Geographic, have been wearing masks. What does he want? Fauci has no answers whatsoever. So he keeps going on TV, telling you how bad this is going to be, how dire it's going to be, the exact opposite of what he did when this was first uh, on our radar, coronavirus. You got to do the basics. You got to wear a mask. We are wearing masks. We're wearing masks. 85% of the people, this is a recent number, who have tested positive for COVID-19, the coronavirus, Mr. Producer, have said what? They've been wearing masks. 85% of the people say they've been wearing masks. So wearing masks is not a silver bullet. The vast majority of Americans are wearing masks. Some people are wearing masks when they take a shower, apparently. And that's the answer from Fauci. That's the answer. And now the countries that had the most brutal shutdowns and lockdowns are having the worst, the worst, second hit of the coronavirus. Fauci still doesn't know what to say. But the media love the guy. They just love him. Because why? They use him as a foil against the President of the United States. And Fauci's happy to be such a foil. I will be on Hannity at 9.35 Eastern tonight. I hope you'll watch us. I hope you'll... You'll, uh, you'll come see us. 9.35 Eastern, tonight on Hannity on Fox. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. You know, there was a time when so many of these governors were caught shorthanded was a result of their own mismanagement and their own failure to prepare for pandemics. As I've told you many times, governors are in charge of hospitals, whether they can expand, whether you can build new hospitals. Right here in my own county, that happened. They're actually in charge of how many ventilators are in the hospitals, how many ICU beds are in the hospitals. Governors are in charge of all these things. They actually have a lot of power. But then when they screw up, they pretend they don't. But I want to remind you what these governors said. Gavin Newsom, Democrat, California. Andrew Cuomo, Democrat, New York. Phil Murphy, Democrat, New Jersey. Michelle Lujan Grisham, Democrat, New Mexico. Cut four, go. 
fact is, every time I've uh, called the president, he's quickly gotten on the line. When we asked to get support for that mercy ship in Southern California, he was able to direct that in real time. What the federal government did working with states was a phenomenal accomplishment. Uh, we got 2,000 of these vehicle field uh, medical sites uh, that are up almost all operational now in the state uh, because of his support. And those are the facts. Uh, uh, his team has been on it. I know a team when they're on it, and I know a team when they're not on it. His team is on it. They've been responsive late at night, early in the morning. We are working very well with FEMA Region 2 and with the Army Corps of Engineers building four field hospitals. Uh, that was a decision the president himself took, and I'm grateful for it. These were just extraordinary efforts and acts of mobilization. And uh, the federal government stepped up. Uh, we needed help, and they were there. He said everything uh, that I could have hoped for. Uh, and we had a very long conversation. Uh, and every single thing he said, they followed through on. We've got to have double the number of ventilators that we requested for that area of the state. And in fact, uh, we got them in, frankly, short order. Have we lost anyone because we didn't have a bed? We didn't have a ventilator, or we didn't have health care staff. No. The president was extending support for new swabs. So uh, conversation, commitment, uh, promise made, promise kept. Mm-hmm. That was then, of course. Now they have to try and carry uh, Biden on their shoulders to victory. Notice none of them said, you know, when we needed help, we called Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. When we needed help, we called Schumer. Nah, no, they weren't helpful in the least. Now, on this mask-wearing thing, which is very bizarre, <laughs> bizarre to me, since about 92% of the American people actually do wear masks, and for Fauci to keep going on TV... By the way, is he an independent actor? He's a bureaucrat. How does he keep getting on TV? It's amazing. Particularly now, the press is using him to attack the president of the United States, of course. But there were experts that were advising people not to wear masks in February and March, and I've reminded you about this, including Fauci, Dr. Jenny Harris, Jerome Adams, Witte, Alex Azar, among others, all so-called experts, Hat Tip Grabian, wonderful site. 92% of Americans wear masks now, 74% all the time, or almost all the time. So the issue is not the Fire to wear masks. And also, the great Daniel Horowitz and others have looked at the data on countries that have shut down. Countries that have shut down more fully than even the United States shut down now have a worse problem. Let's listen to this. Cut nine, go. Just you and me wearing these masks, doc, what Dr. Fauci and what Dr. Shuket have said is that could actually sometimes be more harmful to you than not wearing a mask. Because if it's not fitted right, you're going to fumble with it. You're going to be touching your face, which is the number one way you're going to get disease is unclean hands touching your face. In terms of wearing a mask, our advice is clear that wearing a mask, if you don't have inf- an infection, really reduces the risk almost none, not at all. So we do not advise that. Well, it's important for folks to know that face masks are not recommended for the general public. Uh, there, there are two things people should know. Number one... Surgeon General. If you wear 
a face mask and you're not wearing it properly, you're going to be more likely to touch your face and you can actually. So let's stop your- here. So you see how the talking points go out and we have the rockets, even in so-called science, we have the rockets. Every one of these experts to a man and woman said, don't wear a mask. Go ahead. Respiratory disease like coronavirus or flu. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And it might even block a, a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that Now, it let's is. stop. This is literally shocking. That this man, the infectious disease expert of the planet, supposedly, would make a comment like this, then shortly thereafter say he only said that because we didn't have enough masks. So you lied through your teeth to the American people and we didn't have enough masks because Obama and Biden hadn't planned for the pandemic. Now they say wear masks all the time. So which was the science and which wasn't the science? Go ahead. The average member of the public wandering down the street, this is really not a good idea. Uh, what tends to happen is people will have one mask. You can imagine they don't wear it all the time. They'll take it off when they get home. They'll put it down on a surface that they haven't cleaned. Or they'll be out and they haven't washed their hands. They'll go and have a cup of coffee somewhere. They half hook it off. They'll wipe something over it. They'll put it back up. And in fact, you can actually trap the virus in the mask and then start breathing in. So, so they could be putting themselves more at risk well, by wearing a, it just, a mask than it not? It just doesn't... It, so, yes, because of this issue of, um, if you like, behavioural issues, which are really important when we're talking about infectious diseases, people tend can, in fact, adversely put themselves at more risk mm. than less. So how did the science change? The virus didn't change. Droplets don't change. The rationale for not wearing a mask hasn't changed from the rationale that you should wear a mask. In other words... This had nothing to do with science. And they still hang on to this like this is the end all and the be all. Fauci does. Well, if they would all wear a mask, then this would go away. All you got to do is lock down, stop eating, stop drinking, don't socialize, no sex, just be in the house, just settle down, everybody. We can do this for seven or eight years, we'll be in the clear. This isn't science. This is quackery. That's right. You heard it. I'll say it first. This is quackery. How can they all say this in the middle of the outbreak of the virus and now say, you must wear a mask, you must wear a mask, you must wear a mask. It's quackery. And people are wearing masks. And a huge percentage of the people who are wearing masks are testing positive. Is it because they're touching their masks? Is it because they're putting it down on a surface? What is it? Why is that happening, Dr. Fauci? I don't know, but if we would lock down everything and uh, put everybody in one of those big glad bags, you know, the 30-gallon trash bags, 33-gallon, you know, those, those green bags, everybody would put that over their head, put it over their body, maybe, uh, maybe just enough space so you can see out of it, then I think we'll be in good shape. Quackery. And then, I have to play something for you now that is going to infuriate you. I'm sorry. The people of New York elected this man. 
he is a sick SOB, this Andrew Cuomo. He is one stupid person. He's as smart as he sounds, which means he's very stupid. And trust me, if his last name wasn't Cuomo, he wouldn't be elected to anything. Like his dumb little brother, Fredo Cuomo. I think Harry Fleischer came up with that name. That idiot, Fredo Cuomo. He wouldn't be anywhere on TV. He has no talent. I want you to listen to that. And these guys go on The View. Going to be your question by somebody who calls herself Whoopi. Hey, Whoopi. Whoopi. Cut five. Go. Uh, and you say, and rightfully so, I think. But By the I'm way, have you notice she and Fauci sound very similar, Mr. Producer? If I didn't know that was Whoopi Goldberg, I'd say that's got to be Anthony Fauci. Go ahead. Uh, And you say, and rightfully so, I think, but I'm going to ask you, you're holding you-know-who responsible for every death in New York from COVID. Now, let's stop right here. And she thinks he's right to do it. She's an idiot. A complete moron. So every single case where somebody's died from this virus, doesn't matter if they had a comorbidity, doesn't matter if they were 412 pounds, if they had severe heart disease, none of it matters. According to Dr. Whoopi Goldberg, Dr. Whoopi Cushion Goldberg, that's on Trump. Every death that occurred in a nursing home in New York as a result of Andrew Cuomo's order, that's on Trump. These people are the worst of the worst. Worst of the worst. Go ahead. Why? I'm holding you-know-who responsible for every death in this country. First will be because he lied about it. That's enough. That's enough. He lied about what, you jackass? Notice this guy will only go on shows where they slobber all over him. Mr. Producer, invite Andrew Cuomo on the show. And I mean it, seriously. Call his office and say, I want to talk to him on the air. And Whoopi Goldberg, you're a disgrace. A shameless disgrace. All the deaths that occurred in New York, upwards of 12,000 human beings, many feel as a result of his directive, and you give this guy a pass, you don't even question him, let alone press him, You're a fool. You're a propagandist. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, let's go to Allie, Columbus, Ohio, on the Mark Levin app. Allie, how are you today? Hi, Mark. I'm great. How are you? Great. Thank you. I'm so excited that you took my call. I wanted to let you know that when you first started talking about getting five to ten votes, I was a little intimidated, but I decided to take it as a challenge, and once I got to five, I went right to ten, and I'm already at 32, going for 50 before the election. You are unbelievable. And I'm so excited. And so is your dog, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. He's a big Mark Levin fan as well. Thank you. Um, I wanted to tell you that I've, I've been able to convince a couple of people that I wanted to tell the audience, don't, don't take for granted what we learn on this show. Um, I can think of a couple of people off the top of my head that I was able to convince to vote for Trump. They weren't, they weren't sold on Biden, but they weren't planning on voting for the president at all. They kept saying things like, well, what has Trump really done? Doesn't, don't his tweets annoy you? And then I was able to go through his record, and especially on COVID. And now I've got my dad um, going for 10 votes as well, and we're racing to see what we can get. He's got some friends in Arizona that he's trying to convince. You're unbelievable. If we had a million of you, uh, I think we'd be in great shape. And I'm just hoping that you sound very young. May I ask, how are you? How old are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm 28. You know, and you're a millennial, and millennials are put down all the time, but not by me, but millennials are put down all the time. You know, you're setting an example for people who are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and older who really need to get involved in this and really need to, to treat this like it's something very, very seriously, or we're going to wake up one of these days, election day or thereafter, and we're going to say, what the hell happened? Well, <laughs> if you could have gotten, you know, let me tell you something else, Sally. There have been elections decided by the the smallest of numbers. When you look in Florida, the Bush versus Four case, remember it came down to a couple hundred votes? Well, you may not remember. It came down to a couple hundred votes. A couple hundred votes after millions of people voted in Florida. And that's where people are going to say, what the hell? I I should have been more active in getting people to vote. This is serious. There have been Senate votes that have come down to 82 votes. 82 votes, which means what? Which means a handful of votes that have gone the other way, you would have won. Yeah. And there have been House races that have come down to six votes. There was a House race in Virginia not long ago where they had to, they had to pick uh, straws out of a, a straws or they flipped a coin because it was tied. This is serious stuff we're talking about. Parts of the, this election may be extraordinarily close. And so I don't want people to get them say, you know, I could have, would have. Should. It's too late then. It's too late. So you really have uh, exemplified exactly what we're talking about. You are a patriot. There's only, uh, all I can do is send you a, uh, a signed book, so don't hang up. And Mr. Producer, I still need you to send me David's uh, email from the other night too, please. And, uh, and we'll get you a book. So don't, so don't hang up. I mean, I'm very, very proud of you. So thank you, Allie. How do you like that? 
It's exactly what I'm talking about. Barry, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO. Barry, go right ahead, please. Hi, Mark. Yes, uh, early on in your show, you said something that really uh, made me perk up when you said that the Democrats own. You use the word own. They want to own the federal government. Well, for the last three years, I'm an Air Force veteran, native San Franciscan. For the last three years, I've been trying to convince my friends and my relatives that the Democrats are a major threat to our country now. Mm-hmm. I believe they're a major threat to our country. These career politicians, why don't people find, why, why don't they ask themselves, how do these career politicians make money? How, how, how do they become so rich? I, I, it's a great question. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, look, at, look at Biden and his houses and all that. I don't know. You know, I, in San Francisco, Mark, the, they're at the point now where they don't know the difference between right and wrong. No. They allow people to shoot up publicly. I'm a sat on a needle. People crap on the sidewalks, urinate. You've seen the, the photos of San oh, Francisco. It's, oh, it's disgusting. The most beautiful city in America is I, now one of the worst. Oh, it's pathetic, Mark. And I, I just want Americans out there, all you independents, all you Democrats who have half a brain, vote Republican. I'm an independent, but I'm vo- I vote a Republican straight down the line. It doesn't do any good. In, I, I almost don't even feel like it matters for me in San Francisco. But we're thinking of moving. My family's been here since 1909. Unbelievable. And I can't handle it anymore. They're, they're closing down a bunch of Walgreens because they're tired of being ripped off. You can steal up to $950 uh, of stuff, and you won't be prosecuted. That, that's because you have a Soros prosecutor. We have one in Loudoun County, Virginia, and she announced uh, that basically the same thing, up to $1,500, she won't charge anybody. That's sick. That, that, it's it's that's, nuts. It, it's, it's, you know what? It, it's demented, and it's wrong. Uh, by the way, may I say this? You know what else they're doing in this county? What? The uh, bus drivers. You know, for months there hasn't been school, obviously. They've been paying the bus drivers to do the bus routes with empty buses. And they do the bus routes. There's not a single kid in the bus. They get paid. The gasoline's used. The buses are used. And they're driving around with nobody in them. That's like that old, that old joke about the communists where they have uh, people digging holes and other people filling the holes, you know? We'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Just a reminder, I'll be on Hannity on the Fox News Channel, 9.35 p.m. Eastern. I hope we'll see you there as we come up to the uh, final days before the actual election, although almost 80 million or so people have already voted. That's half the vote. And I hope that includes many of you. Where you have a state, again, where you can go in person and vote early, I want to encourage you to do that. We have a hurricane moving up through the south. 
You see what just happened in Iowa. The government steps in and says, all right, we're shutting a whole bunch of precincts because of the spread of the coronavirus. Clearly, that's intended to hurt Republicans who are waiting to vote in person. So you've got to keep all these things in mind in your own life and in your own situation. Uh, my wife and my family, the rest of their family, we've already voted in person in the state of Virginia. Others are voting in the state of uh, Tennessee. Same thing. And those of you who can should. Well, look at this. Biden leaves Trump among white women uh, by five or six percent. Look at that. Because Biden's done so much for the country, you know. Oh, yeah, 47 years. He's done fantastic job. Is there a white woman in America who can tell me what he's done? Or any woman? Or any person? No. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. Hillsdale continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 stellar undergraduates and graduate students, but nationwide. To you, through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Let me try it this way. You know, we've had great men in the past, Jefferson, Lincoln, Associate Justice Story, Reagan, others. They've all said, if America collapses, it'll be from within. It'll be from within. Because that's what's happened to past republics. They get weak from within, and they begin to collapse even before the enemy strikes. And the two great examples, of course, are Athens and Rome. Will America be another example? Let's put it to you this way. Who is it that's plotting to do damage to our Republican economic system if elected? Biden and his party. Russia can't do it. China can't do it. But the Democrats can. We call them the enemy from within. That is, those who are plotting and seeking to do exactly as I say. Who benefits from destroying our energy production? Americans don't benefit from destroying our energy production. Who benefits? China, Russia, OPEC, Venezuela, so forth. We don't benefit. 
And none of those countries can destroy our energy sector. Only the Democrats can. Who benefits from massive tax increases on our businesses? That ruin these businesses, that make them less competitive, that drive up the cost of goods and the cost of employing people, making them non-competitive. Who, do, who does that benefit? Not Americans. That benefits China and Russia and other countries. And only the Democrats can do this to us. China and Russia can't do this to us. Joe Biden is leading a party that wants to weaken the nation from within, governmentally and economically. It is a gravely dangerous time we live in because of a gravely dangerous Democrat party. This is what I'm trying to explain. And on top of all this, the Biden family is corrupt as hell. It's corrupt as hell. Now, I've got him looking at right here. Miles Taylor. Who is Miles Taylor? Miles Taylor, it turns out, is anonymous. Remember Anonymous? Remember all the brouhaha about Anonymous? Remember his op-ed? Or hers? Remember his book? Or hers? Anonymous. Well, the New York Times lied to us again. And the rest of the media were happy to go along, including CNN. Byron York sums it up. Do you remember Anonymous? On September 5, 2018, the New York Times published an op-ed headlined, quote, I'm part of the resistance inside the Trump administration, unquote. Its author was Anonymous. Identified by the Times as a senior official in the Trump administration, whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. A senior official in the Trump administration. And they knew who it was. In the op-ed Anonymous, wrote that he was working every day to thwart President Trump's efforts to enact his campaign promises. He said, quote, many of the senior officials in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations, Anonymous wrote. I would know I am one of them. The op-ed hit Washington like a bomb. This wasn't some mid-level functionary. A top Trump insider had joined the resistance. Who was it? The guessing game began immediately, and so did the denials. Within hours, a huge number of high-level administration officials said it wasn't them. Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, Jim Mattis, Stephen Mnuchin, Jeff Sessions, Kirsten Nielsen, John Bolton, Dan Coats, and then, quote, the Secretaries of Agriculture, Commerce, Education, Energy, Health, and Human Resources, Housing and Urban Development. Interior, Labor, Transportation, and Veterans Affairs, as well as the CIA and FBI directors, the President's Trade Representative, Acting Chief of the EPA, and his ambassadors to the UN and Russia, according to a Times follow-up, all denied. The Trump White House vowed to find the culprit. Then the questions arose. Why did the New York Times allow the author to write anonymously? Why didn't it require him or her to identify itself by name? was a rare step, the Times conceded, 
But, quote, we believe publishing this essay anonymously is the only way to deliver an important perspective to our readers, unquote. So anonymous remained anonymous until now. In the final days before the election, anonymous has come out. He's come out of the closet. He's Miles Taylor. At the time he wrote the op-ed was a policy advisor in the Department of Homeland Security. He would later become chief of staff, a policy advisor in Homeland Security. In other words, he didn't have interactions with the president. He wasn't at the White House. He was not a senior administration official. He was a flunky. The first reaction of nearly everyone was to ask who? Taylor, a mid-level bureaucrat, was not the top official the Times suggested he was and all of which Washington assumed him to be. He didn't have the sort of daily contact with President Trump that readers guessed. In short, Anonymous was far less than he seemed. And why did he write anonymously? Because he knew that if he identified himself, people would see who he was. He might even be criticized. Quote, I understand why some people consider it questionable to levy such serious charges against a sitting president under the cover of anonymity, Taylor wrote in a Medium post revealing his identity. But my reasoning was straightforward, and I stand by it. Issuing my critiques without attribution forced the president to answer them directly on the merits, or not at all, rather than creating distractions through petty insults and name-calling. This, Miles Taylor, is a head case. In a perfect foil for the New York Times. So Taylor, as York puts it, wrote anonymously, and the Times let him get away with it. Now people on all sides feel deceived. Of course, Trump supporters see the whole thing as a scam. But members of the resistance are disappointed too. Quote, To me, the crux of the issue is that readers would have been less inclined to take the specific, substantive claim seriously had they been formed, informed of the identity of the author at the time, wrote constant Trump critic Susan Hennessy of Lawfare. I have no idea who the hell that is. To grant anonymity in that circumstance without giving way more context was a disservice. So now what? Taylor will enjoy a bit more attention and then return to his new job at Google. Yes, he works for big tech now. And times will move on. The Times, the New York Slimes, having done even more damage to its reputation. A Washington Compost critic wrote that the Times was sullied by the whole charade. Another media organization, CNN... One other group will also suffer damage. In September, the network hired Taylor as a contributor after he denied on air that he was anonymous. Now that it's clear that its new contributor lied to viewers, CNN says it will keep Taylor in his position. No intention of firing him. After all, he might be the next Jeffrey Tubin, Mr. Producer. Can never have enough Jeffrey Tubins at CNN. What was it all about? Getting Trump, of course. Trump. The past four years have seen many in the press change the reporting standards and take an unprecedented adversarial stance against the president. It's no surprise to see it continue right up to Election Day. I'll be right back. Lovin. So lately, I've been on a mission to change the way people view their finances and to encourage people to overcome obstacles and adversity. It's just more and more important to me every day. So I've teamed up with the folks at Life Surge. Life Surge is a one-day faith-based event where you'll walk in hungry for success, 
and you'll leave ready to build your resources to leave an impact on others. We're talking faith-fueled finance, growing resources, crushing obstacles, and then, yeah, using it all for something way bigger than yourself. I'll be joining Life Surge in Cincinnati on Saturday, August 3rd. Joining me in Cincinnati is Nick Vujicic, the man with no arms or legs that speaks about his trials and triumphs. Soul surfer and author Bethany Hamilton, Duck Dynasty's Willie Robertson, and author and pastor Craig Groeschel, star of CNBC's The Prophet, Marcus Lemonis, and Bethel Music. That's Life Surge, Cincinnati, on Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets are on sale exclusively at lifesurge.com. I hope to see you there. You know, seeing the check engine light turn on can give anyone anxiety. But now that we have Car Shield for our 2010 Camaro, we don't worry about that anymore. Car Shield offers a wide range of protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair. Which means that check engine light, well, it ain't so scary anymore when it comes on, you know. You have the freedom to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and Car Shield gets the rest taken care of. Even if your car breaks down while you're traveling, the choice of a repair shop is still up to you. You know, we used to dread car repairs, but with CarShield, we have peace of mind. Please get coverage today. See why CarShield cars go farther. Really, it's the time to lock it in. Call 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. 800-CAR-6000. Mention code LEVIN. Or go to carshield.com. Use code LEVIN. Carshield.com. Code Levin, L-E-V-I-N. You'll save 10% either way. A deductible may apply. I don't think I'm going to have enough time to do this. After the break, I want to read something to you. Oh, come on, Mark. I want to read something to you that I think is very important. I want to remind you of something. You know, I'm going to be so thrilled if it's election night and we're so far ahead that there's not a damn thing the Democrats can do, whether it's Florida, Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota. Yes, Iowa. You know where you live. Maybe we can get Nevada, New Mexico, just some of these states. I don't know. But it'll be because of you, the people in this audience, going out there and getting five people or ten people to vote. Not just yourselves. That's important, obviously. But we need your help. We've been talking about this for two months now. We need your help. You must have a mindset that you are the precinct worker. You must think back to the founding fathers, what they went through, what Paul Revere did with his life on the line, what Thomas Paine did to encourage the, uh, the soldiers who were very down and out right before Trenton, the Battle of Trenton. I want you to think about the Second Continental Congress in Philadelphia, in the Pennsylvania Assembly House. When representatives from every state met in this relatively small building with a relatively small number of men, they decided to take on the most powerful military, and country on the planet. These colonists, because they wanted their liberty. They wanted representative government. 
They wanted their freedom. And when they signed that document, the Declaration of Independence, they signed their death warrant. And they knew it. Now nobody's asking you to do that. No, no. Through your own motivation, your own patriotism, you're being asked not just to vote, but to try and corral five or ten people to vote as well. If you do this, if all of you do this, we will win. It's up to you. Don't believe that the other side isn't all worked up. They see an opportunity to actually control the government forevermore. That's their plan. That's what they're plotting to do. By a simple vote, and the simple vote of five or ten people in your circle, we can stop them. We can stop them. There's no way Joe Biden should be president. He's a 47-year career with no accomplishments, period. He's made enough money off this government. He's made enough money off of his name and his title. And so is his family. He's corrupt. He's also mentally incapable of doing the job. And the same Democrats who want to take over the government will move him out. They'll push Kamala Harris. Why do you think Obama was behind Kamala Harris? Because of her race? No. Because she's a radical. The most radical member of the Senate. Now I want you to think about that. Bernie Sanders is a communist. She's the most radical member of the Senate. And I would ask my friends out there who are minorities, African Americans, black Americans, could you name one thing Kamala Harris did for the black community when she was district attorney other than prosecute more marijuana crimes against blacks than anybody else? Can you tell me one thing she did, one, on behalf of minorities or the black or African-American community as Attorney General of California? Of course you can't. One thing in her two years in the Senate? No, you can't. These people are about a radical ideology. They try and stitch to get a constituency group. They try and appeal to each constituency group whether it's based on race or religion, whether it's based on economics or age, whatever it is. But they never keep their promises because they can't. They want power. Obama's got rich. The Gore's got rich. The Bidens are rich. They all get rich while talking about the people. It's an amazing thing. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Before I jump in, I want to take a Biden supporter. Don Wilmington, Del- he left. Why did he leave? I went right to him as fast as humanly possible. So Don left us. Well, let's get back to what I wanted to do. You know, cats like to play with yarn. I like to play with liberals, Mr. Producer. I want to remind you of something. Almost four years ago, a young man by the name of Will Ron, CBS News digital political correspondent. Most of you have never heard of him. He was the network's managing director of politics. After the election of Donald Trump, on November 11th, he wrote this. And of course, this is on on freedom of the press. And by the way, I hear conservatives on radio, on TV, talking about the press and the press. Everything you want to know is an unfreedom of the press. That's where most of them get it anyway. And here's what he wrote in part. And tell me if you think it applies today. Right after the election of the president. And by the way, here's the problem. The Democrats have now changed the system of electing a president so that we may not have a definitive answer on election night. This is how outrageous these people are. He wrote, the mood in Washington, the Washington press corps is bleak, and deservedly so. It shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that, with a few exceptions, we were all tacitly or explicitly hashtag with her, which has led to a certain anguish in the face of Donald Trump's victory. More than that, and more importantly, we also missed the story. After having spent months mocking the people who had a better sense of what was going on. This is all symptomatic of modern journalism's great moral and intellectual failing. It's unbearable smugness. Trump knew what he was doing when he invited his crowds to jeer and hiss the reporters covering him. They hate us, and for some time. And, you, and can you blame them? Journalists love mocking Trump supporters. We diagnose them as racists in the way dark age clerics confuse medical problems with demonic possession. Journalists at our worst see ourselves as a priestly caste. We believe we not only have access to the indisputable facts, but also a greater truth, a system of beliefs divine from an advanced understanding of justice. This is all white lash, you see. Trump voters are racist and sexist. So there must be some racists and sexists. There must be more of them, I should say, than we realized. Journalists increasingly don't even believe in the possibility of reasoned disagreement, and as such ascribe cynical motives to those who think about things a different way. As a direct result, we get it wrong with greater frequency. Out on the road, we forgot to ask the right questions. We can't even imagine the right questions. We go into assignments too certain that what we find will serve to justify our biases. Now this book came out in May 2019 and I added the following. Unfortunately, Ron's wise counsel to his media colleagues has fallen on deaf ears. 
Indeed, despite Ron's warnings to his media colleagues, since the election, the Democratic Party press has unleashed a relentless and hellish campaign of insult and condemnation against President Trump, whom they seek to drive from office, and his supporters, for whom they have open disdain. And aside from certain news media platforms, a few cable programs, newspapers, and conservative talk radio, there's little current ability to counter or balance the large, old media platforms of the Democrat Party press. The kinship between journalists and the Democratic Party and the progressive ideology debases professional journalistic standards, in which advocacy is treated and presented as news. And I go on. The press is angry that they got it wrong four years ago. The media are populated overwhelmingly, as I prove, in unfreedom of the press with left-wing social activists who register, identify with the Democrat Party. Our friends at Newsbusters have indicated that 92% of the coverage has been negative against the president, 92%. And they looked at the newscasts, uh, ABC, CBS, and NBC from July 29 through October 20th. And they say the networks are pouring their energy into confronting and criticizing the president, not equally covering both campaigns. During the 12 weeks we examined, Trump received 839 minutes of coverage compared to just 269 minutes of airtime for Biden. Three to one disparity. Even more lopsided, our analysts found 10 times more evaluative statements about Trump than Biden, in other words, commentaries. 890 comments about the president, of which 822 or 92.4% were negative, versus 68 or 7.6% that were positive. Note that these totals don't include statements about the candidate's prospects in the campaign, in the horse race, nor does it include partisan statements from candidates or their surrogates. If Trump's coverage seems nightmarishly negative, Biden's media profile might be a dream come true for a presidential candidate, especially one supposedly favored in the polls. Out of 91 evaluative comments, Biden benefited from 60 positive statements versus only 31 that were negative, adding up to a sunny 66% positive good press score. The three evening newscasts, the big networks, have been relentlessly negative throughout Trump's presidency, from Inauguration Day, January 20, 2017, up to and through October 20, 2020. Our analysis has tallied 16,755 evaluative comments, in other words, commentary, 90.5% of which, that is 15,161, have been negative. Imagine all the work they're doing over there at the MRC. Unbelievable. And compared to his campaign four years ago, Trump has been bludgeoned with 32% more negative comments, while Biden has enjoyed 65% fewer negative comments than Hillary Clinton faced in 2016. Trump's coverage during these same weeks in 2016 was 91% negative compared to 92% this year. Biden's overall press score was substantially more positive than Clinton's, 
She had 79% negative. Biden has 66% positive. You see, the media don't want to, from their perspective, make the same mistake twice. They are all out and all in. And you can see it every day. That's why they cover up his corruption. That's why they never demand medical records that would reveal his issues. That's why they never carefully go over his taxes, which we have, thanks to Chris Jacobs and others, that show that Joe Biden in the last two years has not contributed to the coverage of Obamacare or Medicare by setting up an S-corporation. The media don't care. They're definitely not going to zone in on that. Or the anti-Semites who have been supporting Joe Biden, some of whom have been working for Joe Biden. You don't know who they are because the media don't want you to know who they are. That's what we're facing. That's exactly what we're facing. All right, let me hit the refresh button, and we'll jump in here. Uh, Let us go to Ron, Tampa, Florida, on Sirius Satellite. Ron, how are you, sir? Hey, Mark, how are you? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You bet. Well, what I wanted to talk about is I know a lot of uh, people are in a panic because of everything the media is saying and, and Biden's leading by such a wide margin. But the bottom line is this. The Democrats can say whatever they want. A lot of these people are in positions of power. They are presidents, they're vice presidents, they're CEOs of big companies. They're in these exquisite country clubs that are all Democrat, 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 Democrat. However, when it comes time to vote, I feel they are going to choose Trump, and here's why. They know what Trump did um, with the stock market. They see what all these rallies and protests and, and, and rioting and looting are going on in all these Democrat-run cities. These people have their money in the stock market. They own businesses in these cities that are being destroyed that Trump is protecting while these Democratic mayors sit back and do nothing. tell you why you're wrong. Because we don't live in a purely free market system anymore. We never really did, but it's further from it than it ever was. They're going to use massive, ubiquitous big government and their newfound friends and connections in big government to immunize themselves, to defeat competition. This is what happens when you have something short of a, uh, of a constitutional republic. You have this kind of an oligopoly. So they do not feel that they will be... Um, uh, feeling the consequences of the decisions made. All the rubes out there, all of us, it'll affect us. But whatever taxes are raised or whatever is done, uh, they will work very hard with their newfound uh, friends to make uh, and, to, to, and to create loopholes. And that's exactly what they're thinking. Hmm. I never looked at it that way. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you're wrong, though. <laughs> that they have, they have no God reason man. to publicly fund Biden and then quietly vote against him. I just don't think that makes... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. All right, Ron. Meanwhile, you need to get out there and make sure five or ten people vote. And by the way, thank you, Ron. You're my friend. Thank you. God bless you. That's the great equalizer, folks. That's the great equalizer. But the president, for too long and long enough, has faced these people on his own. He's represented us. He sought to protect us from them. He's taken enormous hits, and he's still standing. 
They lie about him. They lie about his family. They lie about his finances. They lie about his wife. They lie about what he's done on the coronavirus and on the economy. They lie and they lie and they lie because they can. They call him Hitler. They call him Stalin. They call him Mussolini. They call us Nazis. Now he has stood by himself for long enough. Now it's time for us. I don't care if you attend a rally, but to rally around him by voting. That's your duty. That is your duty. You're not being drafted into the military. You're being asked to voluntarily help save your country by re-electing Donald Trump. That's what's being asked of you. Thanksgiving's coming up. Many of you are going to be with your family members. Many of you are going to be looking at your kids and your grandkids, or if you're younger, you're going to be looking at your parents and your grandparents. I want you to be able to say around that dinner table that this president won. And he won because you, you and you and you, listening to this program, you decided to do something you've never done in your entire life. To become an activist with just a few days left before the big day. And that you made a difference. These elections could be so close. So don't let your family down. Don't let your country down. You've got access to a telephone, a cell phone. You can text, you can email. Whatever you need to do. You can do this. And you must do this. Or we're going to lose our country. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Let's go to Cody, Olympia, Washington State on the Mark Levin app. Cody, how are you? Good. How are you, Mark? Very well. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, I'll make it quick. Um, So I think you'd be proud of this. uh, I'm from Texas. I moved up here two years ago, and I've taken seven lifelong Democrats and I've got them all to vote, and get this, I flipped every one of them, and they voted wow. Republican down the ticket. That is all the way fabulous. And, and let me ask you how you did it. Is it because, really, 
they don't know a lot about Biden, but they figured Trump's a bad guy. So they're thinking of voting for Biden and you persuaded them otherwise, that sort of thing. Yes, sir. I, and I used a lot of information you provided, uh, a lot of clips from some of your shows um, and then just just the proof and, and put it in front of them. I said, look, this is this is the facts. And they're they're sick and tired of the, the governor in this in this state. And another, uh, another disaster. And, yep. Oh, yeah. Jay Inslee. I mean, he's just it's horrible. But anyway, um, they have gotten to flip. And a lot of it had to do with what he's done with the coronavirus and the things that are happening in Seattle. And I mean, they're running from Seattle. I mean, it is crazy. And it's just they're so tired of it. And I believe the more people I talk to, especially these hardcore Democrats, that they're going red. And I'm kind of waiting to see on election day if they can't push the state that that direction it's uh it's it's very possible and i just want to thank you and for the information you provided and i've been able to put in front of them and i've been out there just trying to get more and more to go well you're terrific cody terrific and uh, i appreciate everything you're doing you know i get uh, during the course of the program and after and before I get uh, people sending me information they want me to discuss on the radio, good friends, family members, good people. And I told them, no, I'm focused on the election. I'm not talking about that issue or this issue or this issue, even the Hunter Biden issue. I'm very, very uh, interested in this, very. But you've got to get it down the brass tacks. And after the election, we can go even further, and we must go even further. But before the election... An email in 2017 is not going to change one damn vote. You can just explain nope. that Hunter Biden was the bag man for Joe Biden, that this is a very corrupt family that has made millions of dollars off of their connections in foreign governments, and that would include the Ukraine and China, and I just said it in 30 seconds. I'm not opposed to all the rest of this. Please don't misunderstand, American. Please don't misunderstand, Cody. But we've got to get people to vote. And we've got to get people to vote. And people are going to vote based on the economy, based on the coronavirus, based on race, based on, on what they think affects their lives. And this is crucially important. And the destruction of our society and our Constitution is also one of them. So again, I'm not downplaying anything. I'm just prioritizing what I'm doing. In the remaining, listen to this, six and a half hours I have on radio before Election Day. That's not a lot of time, is it, Cody? No, sir, it's not. And I, I, like I said, I'm out here and I'm, I'm, I'm spreading your word as well as just the facts and showing people as best I can. And, and it's working. It's obviously working. I, I mean, I've got those people in already. So, so what do you want to tell your fellow patriots all across the America in 15 seconds? Uh, just, just, just get out there and vote. Get everybody that you can. Talk to them. It doesn't have to be an argument. Just go and talk to them and show them the facts. Whether they want to believe them or not, is, that's up to them. But and if you can't, go on to the next person. All right, Cody. God bless you, my friend. Well done. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Let's continue to go to our callers here uh, because people have been lining up and they have some wonderful things to say. And I don't really go to the phone enough because I have so much to get into. Luke, Reading, Pennsylvania, XM Satellite. Luke, how are you, sir? Uh, Mark, I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. I've been to Reading many times, by the way, many times. Go right ahead. I believe it. So um, I just was calling because I saw some startling graphics today that I Mm -hmm. think that America should see. And it is the cases, the cases of coronavirus versus the death rate of coronavirus versus Mm -hmm. the number of tests of coronavirus. And you can look it up on health.pa.gov. That's that's where you can. And see what it. did you find? Well, you have a you have a almost a exponential growth in the number of tests. Mm-hmm. At the same time in July, when the exponential growth in the number of cases, it's 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 startling. And then you look at the deaths, and they're going down, down, down. Mm-hmm. Covering, they haven't been above twenty in six months. So, what's one of the reasons the number of cases are going up? Because we're, te- we're giving out free tests. Exactly. 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 The point is we're testing a hell of a lot more people. And it turns out a hell of a lot more people have and have had this virus than we've known. And the interesting thing I think that you're mentioning, uh, Luke, is, and then when you factor in the death rate, the death rate's lower than we ever thought. It's like, uh, it's a way low. No, no one's worried around here anymore. Uh, but they're trying to scare us through the media. And if, if someone could see, if everyone saw the graphs that I'm looking at right now, again, this is at health.pa.gov, uh, you can see it clear as day. And notice how the media have changed. Now they're talking about the number of cases. That's, what, that's all you hear is the number of cases. There's, there's a surge. There's a surge of cases. How, how many cases of the flu are out there? Do we know? I don't have that in front of me. Right no, now. I'm saying we don't know. So nobody's reporting that. And how many deaths have we have as a result of the flu so far? Nobody knows. Nobody's telling us. Nobody gives a damn. How many people have died this year of cancer? Do you know, Cody? Cody's left. No. No. You still there? Yeah. How many, how many people have died of, I'm sorry, Luke. How many people have died of cancer? Nobody tracks it. But a lot more than have died from the coronavirus. Well, I, I can tell you one thing, uh, without a doubt. There has been over 36 million babies that have been aborted yes. this year globally, and there's been less 
than 2 million deaths from this, this virus. What's the real virus? And as to this virus, uh, when you have Cuomo saying today that every single death is on the hands of the President of the United States, a politician like that should have just destroyed his career. Should have just destroyed his career. This son of a bitch thanks for your call. This son of a bitch was begging for ventilators. For ICU beds. For for everything. Because of all the time he's been governor, he didn't prepare for the pandemic. He didn't approach the issue of hospitals, hospital expansions, new hospitals properly. He didn't do any of that. None of it. And so he finds it out. He goes to the view and he attacks the president of the United States. Every single death is on the president. This is sickening. Absolutely sickening. To have a low life like this as governor of one of our most important and largest states is really unbelievable to me. Matt, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go. Mark, thank you so much for talking about the statist media complex. It ties in with exactly what I wanted to bring up. A phenomenon I've been noticing in some leftist circles about the censorship surrounding this uh, Biden-Burisma corruption scandal. Uh, And I I can tell you this is probably how they're going to position things if Trump does win. It's gone from, and I think the average person knows at this point that this is a real scandal. I don't think anything's been disproven. But now I'm noticing people on the left saying, going from, well, this has to be Russian disinformation, to... We can't really, we have a couple of days for the election. I mean, you could influence a bunch of people to vote for Trump. All right, right, listen to me. It's not a matter there's a couple days for the election. Look around you. If people are still not sure if they want to vote or who they want to vote for, this is not going to persuade them. It's not. I am not opposed to pursuing this. I'm not opposed to people pursuing this. I'm not opposed to radio and TV hosts pursuing this. Me, behind this microphone, I am myopically focused on getting out the vote and electing this president. And people right now who I'm talking about are people who are thinking, well, maybe I should vote for Biden, maybe I shouldn't. And as I told you in the audience, there's an answer on this corruption thing right now, which is the Rudy Giuliani answer, which was perfect as far as I'm concerned. Hunter Biden was the bagman for his father. The Biden family is corrupt. They've taken money directly and indirectly, through the Ukraine, through China, and other countries. He's a national security threat, and he's corrupt. That's the message. As to, look at this email, look at this email, look at this email. We can do that later. We can do that after Tuesday. But I want to get people out to vote. And I want to win this election. That's the bottom line for me. Go ahead. Understood. I'm with you 100%. It, 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 it's just remarkable how the left's concern now is, well, media is interfering in our democratic process. The left is corrupt. The left is either fascistic or Marxist. And sometimes they don't know what they are. Now, that's why they want to collapse our uh, constitutional system. The uh, current crop of so-called journalists and reporters and the executives who run these uh, newsrooms have destroyed the free press. There's no, uh, there's no explaining things to them. There's no expectations from them. Uh, they are part of, the, uh, part of the problem. They're part of the, of the tyranny at this point. 
And when you have a gentleman like I had on, Elijah Schaefer, last night, and you see them from the Daily Caller, and you see them from other places, many other places, I want to, uh, don't want to limit it, from conservative sites and other sites who are actually in Philadelphia, reporting on Philadelphia, showing us video, these poor people are being beaten and harmed and threatened and so forth. That's your new reporter. Exactly. That's the new journalism. Real people. And Not Jake Tapper. Terrified. Go ahead. Yeah, Lex Media is terrified because they know they're on their way out. You know the expression, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Yep. I yep. think you said it earlier. Uh, sir, they, don't, they do not want to make the same mistake they did in 2016. They no, do they, not. They, you're they right. They want to it. come on on the winning edge. Matt, good call, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Let me hit the refresh. They keep telling me all the time. And they're right. Let us go to, um, hmm, looking, Harold, Victorville, California, Sirius sa- Satellite. Go ahead, Harold. Uh, hey, Mark, how you doing? Okay. I just, I just want to let all the listeners know in Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado, and New Hampshire how close the 2016 uh, election was and just a couple thousand votes, and we can get those uh, states and uh, – Trump would be in uh, good position. You know, and it's right down the line, isn't it? Because we could have Senate cases, races that are very, very close, congressional races that are very... I'm telling you, within 5, 10, 12, 20 votes. It matters. It matters. It matters. Thank you for reminding us, Harold. All right, let us continue. Let's go to James Las Cruces, New Mexico, the great KTSM country. Go! Hey, how's it going, Mark? Um, I just wanted to bring up something that I haven't really heard too many people talk about when it comes to Biden and all of their oil and gas, anti-get-rid-of-it-all type of things, and that's our education system, especially here in New Mexico. And I wish people knew this because it would help them make up their minds when voting against Biden to try and get Trump in office, is that in New Mexico – most of our money that we go that goes towards education comes from oil and gas. And so if we get ah, rid of geez. oil and gas, where's that one point one billion dollars that we that goes towards education from oil and gas going to come from? Mm-hmm. It's a great it, point. It, it, it'll actually just you know, it, it'll decimate our, our education system. And if you're talking about oh, you know, what about the future of our children? It's like, well, what future are they going to have if they don't have education mm-hmm. or you know, if their education system just goes, I mean, we're already one of the poorest states in the nation, already almost dead last in education. If you if you get rid of oil and gas and the money that comes from that, you're you're completely getting rid of all of it. Like, you, there is no hope for for children. Here. No, and and who benefits from this? Our enemies, exactly. China, Russia, exactly. OPEC. Our enemies benefit from this. You know, they couldn't get it any better. If Biden's elected and Kamala Harris and that Democrat Party and and we are we are committing uh, uh, um, energy suicide, they're going to be laughing at us. They're going to say, "Isn't this great? This is terrific!" And we didn't have to lift a finger. Exactly, and I mean, right now we have somebody that's running um, for office right now. She's she's already in office, but her name's also called as Small. She's always she all her ads say, "You know, I'm voting with you know." energy and 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 all this and i I voted with trump but 95 percent of the time she votes she votes with pelosi and and the rest she's a liar she's a liar she's a leftist this is happening all over the country 
All these leftists who won in these Republican uh, districts or these marginally Republican districts, they're all lying from the, from the New England, the Midwest, the Atlantic states, the Southwest, the South, the Midwest, the West, the Northwest. All of these Democrats voted to remove the president of the United States. They voted for impeachment. All of them voted for these multi-trillion dollar bills that would have destroyed our electoral system and God knows what else. All of them have lined up behind Nancy Pelosi and Mark with their jack boots. Every damn one of them. So if they come home now and they pretend they're moderates, or they pretend they're for this or for that, they are liars. And they've got an enormous amount of money to run ads to lie. Plus, they get all the free press that lies for them. Great call. I appreciate it, James. We'll be right back. in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. A reminder, I will be on Hannity tonight on Fox at 9.35 Eastern Time in about 40 minutes. I hope you'll watch. Look forward to you being there. I'm not trying to lecture. I'm trying to encourage. Let's go to John, Staten Island, New York, the great WABC. John, go. Hi, Mark. I just want to thank you for being out there for us um, uh, every day. I, I, I'm so grateful. Well, thank you, John. Um, I'm a, I've, been, I've been a Republican since 1982. When I could vote for Reagan, I did. And I vote Republican ever since. My problem is with the young voters in this country. Mm-hmm. They're my problem. They're, they're, they, they've been given, handed everything to them by their parents who wanted to do better for them. They don't pay for their cars. They don't pay for their, um, for their uh, phones. They don't pay for anything. And then they, they lean left with their ideology, which they get from the, going to the universities, which are paid for from their parents or trying to help them with, with everything. And that's what the problem in this country is. It is a big problem. And yeah. that, I see it in my own children. And uh, I try to explain, and me and my wife talk to them. But, you know, they have to think on their own. And I, my father was a Democrat, but he... The good thing that he and I, I mean, he was a journalist, and I'm glad he's not here anymore because he would be appalled at what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because he always, he always, you know, fought for people to think on their own two feet, as well as me being the son from there. And, you know, but uh, these kids, these young children need to realize that if they, they can't vote for this guy. They cannot. 
He's a liar. He's a fraud. He, this, they don't understand. And and you know what else? Donald Trump, what has he done to deserve this kind of treatment? Honestly, what has he done to deserve this kind of treatment from the day he came down that escalator? I mean, to plant spies in his campaign and all the rest of it. I mean, it's, it's so outrageous, so disgusting. No, no president, no candidate has ever had to go through this. None. I've never seen a president treated this way. Never, never in my life. It's, it's disgusting. And I'm so appalled. Yeah, it's embarrassing for the whole country to see it something is. like this happen. It is embarrassing. John, God bless you, my friend. Excellent call. We appreciate it. We've had excellent calls all night, really. Lynette, Spokane, Washington, XM Satellite, how are you? Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. It's always an honor to talk to you. Thank you. Hey, quite a while back you brought up some numbers about the the COVID deaths, that roughly 94% of the deaths of the China virus occurred in people with... um, Comorbidities and and, and elderly. Thank you. And, And I just... I, I would like to, I just want to point this out for you and your callers, that there's validity to this and that, that there's also, like, like, when did the reporting criteria change? Because my husband had lymphoma, and he was oh, actually boy. the one that got me turned on to listening to you. Um, thank him, thank him. He had been, he had, he, well, he, he's, he's not with us anymore. Oh, um, But he's in sorry. good company. He's in good company with, with your parents. Yeah. Respectfully. Um. But I, I want to say that... When and I don't want to be rude, but we have about 40 seconds. Okay. When he died, he had caught the flu after, after doing chemo. Nowhere mm-hmm. on his death certificate was his death attributed to the flu. Mm-hmm. Why now have they changed the criteria for reporting COVID deaths in folks with comorbidities? Again, one day when we're not in the middle of this, somebody's going to need to look at this. I've brought these sort of things up, for which I've been viciously attacked, but I continue to bring them up. You're exactly right, Lynette, and God bless you, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. I want to thank all you patriots out there. I don't know what we'd do without you. I'll see you on Hannity in a half hour on Fox. God bless each and every one of you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.